Oh, hello. Hi. Hey, this is John from the Maine, and you're listening to the Rock Sound Podcast. Hello, welcome to the Rock Sound Podcast. I'm Will Cross. Tam's in your back. I am back. I am alive and I am kicking <laughs> and I might cough. So if I do, I apologize, but um, I will try and keep all illness under control. That is okay. Well, good to have you back. Yeah, I, I've also had what Tamsin's had, so it's going to be a bit of an ill podcast. So, <laughs> if you come across either of us in the street anytime soon, <laughs> stay far away. Yes. And Jack Rogers, hello. Hello, Will. I'm not ill. <laughs> so that's so quick. Yeah, but I'm just letting people know a disclaimer. Wow. I am, I, I mean, it'll come, so. Exactly. Um, um, I'm doing week. great. Yeah, I'm really happy Tamsin's back. I've yep. really missed her. It's been... Aww. Aww. Yeah, it's, it's going to make me cry. Happy Valentine's Day, Jack. <laughs> happy <laughs> What a start. <laughs> oh, God. Love you. Um, sing along roulette, Jack. So, uh, of course, we introduced this properly last week. Uh, I'm going to throw a song at Jack, and he's <laughs> squirming already. Um, I'm going to get a bit of a theme this week to one of our guests. Uh, Dear Maria by All Time Low. Oh, sick. Sure, then. I got your picture, I'm coming with you Dear Maria, count me in There's a story at the bottom of this bottle And I'm the pen <laughs> Where the lights go out <laughs> last I mean, week, This like, could go on for the entire yeah, song if you Last week you were like, oh, I'm not giving you any more And this week you're like, straight in <laughs> I mean, like, it's... It's, it's Dear Maria It's, four, yeah. it's like 4am on Although a, you did miss out the best bit which I can quite happily oh. give, <laughs> if need be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Love it. Good stuff. So last week, we had Lowell Atlantis, Mike Juice, Foster Manus, Henry Cox, and our new band spotlight with The Fame, our current Roxanne Lee breakout stars. Uh, really, really cool. It was a kind of Lowell Atlantis uh, UK club talks coming up special in some respects in that all bands are on the bill. Really, really interesting stuff. Check that out. Follow us on SoundCloud. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And uh, check out some extra little bits on our website, Roxanne. TV. But this week, we've got the return of our very special new podcast feature, Always the Quiet Ones. Last month, we had our debut with Waterparks' Otto Wood, which was hugely popular. One of our most popular interviews, I think, we've run on this podcast to date. Um, and we saw a few shouts for our next guest. So we've only gone and got Zach Merrick from All Time Low. A little hint there of Dear Maria, which he brings up, we have a chat about. Uh, really, really cool to get Zach on. Obviously, Zach doesn't do many interviews, so... It was really interesting to kind of get to know him a bit more, get to hear his perspective on things with, uh, you know, within such a vibrant and interesting band. And we also speak to Mallory Knox's uh, now frontman, Sam Douglas, um, following the shock news this week that uh, original frontman Mikey Chapman has left the band. Uh, so that's hot off the press. Um, I spoke to Sam literally within the announcement uh, coming out, maybe like an hour within its uh, within its release. So, um, yeah, he wasn't holding back. He told me literally everything. So, um, yeah, stay tuned. It's going to be a, a damn a good show Tamsin Festival announcement time Fall Out Boy and Panic at the Disco will headline this year's Reading and Leeds Festival with appearances from Waterparks Beartooth Sun 41 Underoath Creeper Nothing Nowhere and so many more to be announced stoked for that 21 Pilots Gonna has been certified gold selling 500,000 copies digi- digitally the news follows Blurry Face being certified three times multi-platinum at three million copies last March wow mad legends 
Andrew of the Ghost Inside's new project, One Decade, has released its debut EP, <coughs> Coma Visions. You can listen to it online. <coughs> An online campaign, Let's Make Some Noise, has been launched by Linkin Park Live and Linkin Park amb- Ambassadors to get Mike Shinoda to do a solo tour. And ex Panic at the Disco drummer Spencer Smith is now working in an official role with Pete Wentz at DCD2 Records. Go to roxanne.tv to see some amazing photos. Yes, do that. So, interview one, always the quiet ones. So, yeah, as I say, last month we had Otto, which went down amazingly well. Uh, found out all sorts of things about Otto Wood. And he was really up for it, which was awesome. So, uh, yeah, we listened to what you guys want to say out there about our uh, future guests. And uh, we've gone and got Zach from All Time Low. So it's really, really cool to catch up with him on things like, you know, what bands got him into music, uh, you know, his passion for skateboarding, his particular favorite All Time Low song. Um, and just kind of like his take on kind of being bold and, you know, that band doing so many interesting and versatile things across their career. Because, you know, I've said to him, like, they've now got this amazing catalog of songs, essentially. So, uh, yeah, just really cool to kind of get to know Zach and hear all his takes and everything. So here he is, Zach Merrick in our new podcast feature, Always the Quiet Ones. Here we go. How did you get into music in the first place? Like, what was the moment when you were a kid that you were like, oh man, like, this is for me kind of thing? Um, my buddy, one of my best friends growing up, was about 10. We, were, we would hang out every day together, and he'd play guitar. And I would just go over and I'd watch him. And one day I was like, he was like, you should try to play bass and we can play together. And he was like, it's a great idea. <laughs> and I was like, I started saving money to buy a bass. About ten or eleven. So, in terms of um, in terms of kind of like pick up the bass, then were there any particular bands that kind of like inspired you to to really go for it, kind of thing, or like was there one band in particular? Like, was there anyone like that? Uh, yeah, definitely Foo Fighters was one of them. Nice, because uh, that's all we would listen to. That's actually one of the first songs I ever learned was a Foo Fighters song. Oh, amazing. What is it about the Foo Fighters? It's just it was so anthemic and just so like it just kind of grabbed you like the first time you ever heard them, kind of thing. Yeah, when I when I heard Monkey Ranch, I was kind of, I mean, I knew that song. <laughs> you know, especially at that time, too, and that's probably, what, the late 90s at that time. So, you know, as a kid, when you hear something like that, when you're used to hearing all those boy bands and stuff like that, <laughs> back then, then, then you hear uh, the Foo Fighters, you're kind of like, uh, yeah, I'd rather listen to that. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, what did you think of the pop stuff growing up? Like, were you were you into it at all, or was it just kind of like we just kind of like, oh man, you know, want something a bit more like a bit bit more hard hitting? <laughs> I think as like a younger child, yeah, I was more into it. But then it seems like the two letters and Incubus, Make Yourself, and Science, and Nirvana, and all that stuff, I like, kind of quickly shifted and became and became uh, an avid listener of rock music and punk rock and. Uh, punk music amazing so cool and I, I mean I guess then so I know you guys kind of you guys all met high school and um, I know that the band had kind of started and it was sort of like a covers band uh, when you came into the fold so what was it like kind of meeting the other guys for the first time like was it did you guys meet each other very early on uh, yeah we met uh, right before going into high school so I think it was 14 15 maybe um, and I was just I think it was like right at the end of the year for uh, eighth grade, and my buddy we had AIM. You remember that? That was like a big thing in my middle school, high school days. And I got a uh, message saying that uh, there's a a guy, a group of guys that needed a bass player in a band, and that I was gonna get uh, a message from one of the guys, and his name was Jack. <laughs> and 
So was it was so Jack was always very uh very full on then from the from the get go. <laughs> Yeah, he was. <laughs> Brilliant, and, and then meeting Alex and Ryan as well. Were they kind of because I know obviously all four of you guys are quite different characters, you know? And I mean, like, what was it like meeting those two as well? Like, was that? I guess that would have been quite different again. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty straightforward. I, I just went over and it was more like, "Hey, do you know how to play this song?" And I was like, "Yeah." And if I didn't, I could learn it real fast. And uh, also, they've they had a. Like they also saw that I played with my fingers, and they were like, "You should play with a pick." And I was like, "Nah, I'm good." <laughs> and then, and then I played. They're like, "Okay, never mind." <laughs> So, I mean, when the band kind of, like, got going then, and um, obviously, you know, the first Warp tour and everything like that, how was that like? Because, I mean, I've, I've watched, you know, interviews from that time with you guys and kind of live performances, and, like, it looked absolutely crazy. Like, how was it for you kind of in that period? Oh, it was awesome. I was still skateboarding a lot, too. So, I was like, uh, Warp had, like, all the skateboarding stuff. So, I was having a blast because I was still, we were playing music and we were, you know, hustling CDs as much as possible, but then I just sneak away for two hours and just escape the mini ramp. And oh, then amazing. eventually started getting yelled at. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't want me to get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. So is skateboarding a real, is that, is skateboarding still quite a, a real passion of yours as well? Uh, yeah, I, I just, I tend to just be mellow and roll around, but I still have my zero. I'm staring at it right now. I'm like zero up here and I cruise around. I was going to try and do it today, but it's actually, Oh man! <laughs> so then, like, so was that kind of those early warp tours? Then, so it was a lot of kind of uh, a lot of skating and just kind of like having fun and hanging out. Then, oh yeah, but also like trying to push the band. I remember we were trying to sell CDs, and if we could sell three hundred a day, that was like a huge deal. And some days you couldn't, but there are a couple times that we could do it, and it was like it was such a milestone to sell three hundred CDs because no one really knew who you were in the first place. And on top of that, you're helping build the stage so you can actually play. Definitely, yeah. No, amazing. So when that started to really pick up then, I mean, obviously, you guys started doing so well. Um, that must have been such uh, such an amazing feeling, I guess. Oh, yeah. Especially like you could see the momentum. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like overnight where some people didn't blow up, but it was, it was such a gradual, like, kind of break. But it happened, you know, pretty quickly. So it was, you could see it and you could feel it. That was like a big difference. Yeah, definitely. Because I mean, as well, you know, especially uh, you know now, kind of into the future, like uh, you know, you guys have got such a diverse, interesting uh, catalogue of music. And I, I mean, like, how for you, like, how's how's it been, kind of um, applying different styles, you know, and playing around with with different sort of genres and different types of music, and kind of fitting all that into the all time low sound. Has that been um, a really fun process over the years? Oh yeah, it's been fun. I mean, they usually let me kind of do whatever and experiment around. Like, I'm going to be all right. Um, but it's fun to just get in there and just turn some sounds and see what works. And sometimes it's not necessarily what you want to make it sound like, but what actually makes the song sound better. So that's a fine line, especially going from a kid to an adult too, with um, music and playing and things like that. You have to learn, especially for bass playing, you have to learn uh, when to play and when not to play. That's like a big thing in uh, bass playing. 
just because you're really good doesn't mean really, you can just be run the whole song. Oh, that's not terrible. Yeah, definitely. No, because I mean, it's been especially, you know, especially on last year, Young Renegade as well, you know, where you've, um, you know, it's a real kind of leap for the band. And I mean, how was that? How was the kind of playing around with, uh, you know, especially that kind of, um, kind of the bass in that kind of like pop sort of uh, pop template? Like, how was that? That must have been quite, quite an unusual, interesting um, environment. Uh, it was just, I think it was just more experimental. Mm. I don't think it was unusual, but it was just more like, creating sounds and finding sounds that you don't think you wouldn't use or you wouldn't even think you could find out of pedals and things like that. Or all time I've usually just been you know, plug in distortion and uh you know, let's go. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, in terms of that, I guess then, you know, because obviously, you know, I mean, obviously then you've got like Don't Panic, you know, Future Hearts, all these different albums. Like, is there um, a particular, I know it's quite a hard question, but is, is there a, like a particular song or an album that you're particularly proud of, especially, I guess, from your kind of point of view? Is there one that really stands out to you as you look back over your entire career? Uh, I would say for me, Dear Maria, because that was a yeah. song, like we were all sitting in the basement, like even with like a little riff. Um, it was just, a nice, I, I remember we all were like, that's not the jam. And this is like so early in our career. So I always look back to that. And, you know, it's it's fun to, you know, remember that moment. You know, it's like, you know, we're proud of a lot of things. Uh, you know, where we played and things like that on our records. But for me, that's a, you know, that, that song, I think, really defines us as a band. Mm. You know, I always look back to that. And actually have the plaque on the wall staring at it now. Amazing. So cool. Cause I mean, yeah, especially like with that song as well. I mean, like doing the so wrong, it's right. Uh, show, obviously you did the shows in Jersey and last year and you've got the UK run coming up as well. And I spoke to Alex about it. Are you, um, has it been really exciting to kind of, obviously I know you played dear Maria a lot in general, but is it been really fun to kind of revisit that era as well? And that, that particular set of songs. Yeah, it was, I mean, it kind of takes you back cause the crowd in New Jersey reminded you of that old school work tour. Oh, okay. It was kind of like we started playing and we were like, holy shit. Like, we weren't, weren't expecting the crowd to be like this, but. It was just mental. <laughs> Amazing, yeah, because um, no, Alex said something interesting, actually. He was saying that, um, that Holly, would you turn me on um, at the time? Uh, people on message boards were kind of going, oh, you know, this is this is a pop song or whatever, you know. And now that's the song that's kind of circle pits are erupt into and stuff when you played those shows. Yeah, it's like, it doesn't make sense. But then again, <laughs> the best things in life don't make sense, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely and um i mean you know i guess kind of um kind of growing up as well you know so we chatted about the foo fighters and that sort of thing like were there any sort of particular other bands that you kind of really took influence from like were you kind of because obviously i know that you guys uh you know you love that love blink and that sort of thing were you into the kind of pop punk stuff as well or or were you kind of more into the rockier side of things uh i was kind of into a little bit of everything i mean incubus um uh, third eye blind nice like a big one for me and it still is. Um, kind of think who else? Um, definitely Foo Fighters. Blink One Eight Two was huge. Um, and de- oh, Green Day for sure. And that was a big one. Um, especially amazing. That yeah, was probably one of the other first bands I really got into for uh, listening and playing playing bass as well. 
Oh man, so cool. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely brilliant shouts. With Green Day as well, you know, I mean, is that kind of a similar thing in that, you know, the songwriting was, uh, is so amazing, you know, especially kind of, kind of like you guys in a way that like, you know, every album has offered something different and something really sort of interesting and individual. Is that, is that something you've taken inspiration from, especially when it's come to writing? Oh, oh yeah, of course. I mean, I'm a, you look at Green Day's albums and of course, DD, you know, is always going to be, you know, one of the greatest albums of all time. Yep. Then you start looking at like warning and things like that, where which are a different kind of direction. But and I think at the time too, everyone was like, "What is this?" <laughs> but but it actually was. It's just you know, a little off the beaten path. But then still, that record did really well, and uh, people still. I mean, I still listen to it. But then you get to like American Idiot, like that, kind of really like revamp them again. But that was a huge uh, political direction. So they never really, they had their Green Day sound, but they also have been trying to, you know, focus on uh, new different sounds as they go and what they believe in and things like that. So definitely yeah because uh, I mean yeah like you mentioned warning it's, it's interesting I mean because uh, yeah because I mean that's sort of like I remember at the time that was very um, divisive for Green Day fans yeah no, I mean has that been has that been quite inspiring as well in that, especially when it's come to you know taking risks you know with the band sound and that sort of thing you know like you guys have done with every album and, and kind of taking new steps is that has it been inspiring in that respect in that you know warnings uh, warning was an album that they they did that with too and it still stands up like like we're saying we're both saying now basically well, yeah, I mean, it's almost like sometimes people don't get things right off the bat. Mm. So it might take some time. It's like a movie where, like, it didn't do well because it came out in theaters and no one really knew about it or it just got, like, a weird review. But then it can become, like, an instant classic like, uh, later on where it's like, wow, why didn't we really think this back then? It's like it's just sometimes things are ahead of their time, things like that. And same with artists, too, sometimes. Unfortunately, when they pass away, sometimes they get more famous. Wow. I really still listen to this. Yeah. Well, because I think at, at the time, people want to hear what they want to hear, actually in front of them. Um, so time is always a good thing for that, too. Yeah, hundred percent. No, I totally, totally agree. Um, I mean, I guess to kind of finish up, then, I mean, is there a particular like? Have you got a kind of favorite album or or like a, a particular kind of record in general that that gives you uh, kind of more inspiration than any other? Is there one that really stands out? Um, shoot, uh, <laughs> I would say for me, I'd have to go out of vain by Third of Mind. Oh man, what a shout! <laughs> So, I mean, I remember listening and I was like, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember sort of where the first time I heard Don't Panic, actually, by you guys. And I remember hearing kind of Third Eye elements. So I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah. That album for them was like a little more um, pop punk in sort of a way. Because it wasn't quite as 90s. It didn't have that 90s feel. It was a little more upbeat and had just a lot of... Yeah, quicker tempos compared to their last records. Definitely, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's such a good album. Oh man, what a shell! Um, I, I guess, I guess, then yeah. Just to finish, then I guess, like with the UK run coming up, and obviously we've chatted about the uh, the so wrong it's right sets so that you're doing everything. And um, obviously, I spoke to Alex before, and he was saying that you know there's going to be a really kind of cool uh, main set as well. I mean, how are you feeling about the UK run coming up? Is it is it a particularly exciting time? Uh, no, I'm super excited. Um, I mean, I work out all day at home anyway, so I think I'll be fine when it comes to playing that long, but 
Um, no, it's going to be super fun to do it in the UK. Um, I know people do 10 year shows and, you know, just stick to the U S and we got the opportunity to think about doing it over in the UK. And we were like, I think people would go crazy for that. Cause I feel like it's going to be like two different, it's two, obviously it's two completely different shows. Mm. So, but I think the fans too, it's going to be split too. Cause they're going to have people that really want to see one people really want to see the other one. <laughs> so you're going to have different vibes for each show. So Tamsin, throw us out to you first. What do you make of Zach? He seems like a nice guy, doesn't he? He's really I think, nice. I, I think, I think, not to, you know, big us up or anything, <laughs> but I think these interviews are a really cool idea because, you know, you particularly with All Time Low, you, you you do automatic kind of think of Alex and Jack. They're, they're the kind of the key players. They're the guys who always do interviews. They always do press. Like, they're particularly Jack. Jack is the joker of the band. <laughs> we know that. Um, so it's it's really nice to have the opportunity to speak to the ones who, you know, don't usually get involved with that side of things and just see where their influences came from and stuff. Um, and also, like, literally every band is mentioning Third Eye Blind in their interviews. <laughs> oh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> like, not that it's a bad thing, but literally everyone... <laughs> loves third eye blind so we might have to do like a special or something oh well i would be oh, don't, oh, don't dangle the bait don't dangle it in front of will it will end up me getting fired but yeah yes i want to do it but we'll go with it anyway um but yeah i love i love just like hearing the stories about you know um jack just messaging him on the old 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 chat days and just being like what do you listen to? Do you want to play bass on my band? Please play bass on my band because you can just you can you can picture him doing that now, <laughs> yeah. like not just when he was like fourteen or whatever. Um, so I think it's really nice to just kind of see how organically all time low kind of came together and the little like backstories behind them. Yeah. You saying that did make me think because when Zach was telling the story about how he met Jack and stuff, I was picturing it as. The band as, as they as, are now. Well, growing up, yeah. growing up, Jack and Alex. Like, so you want to be in the band? You want to be in the band? Come in yeah. the band with us. Do you want to play some songs? Yeah, like just poking his head. Yeah. Like, we play in the band. Be in the band. Be in the band, Zach. Yeah, not, not like teenagers as they were. And Zach's just there, just like lifting weights in the background. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad that he talked about working out. <laughs> yeah. Like, Zach Merrick is ripped. Like, he's. Like, his arms are huge. Well, he said he works out all day. Yeah, so, like, yeah. Well, I mean, like, it's a good way of going. Like, usually that's kind of like a drummer's routine. Mm. It's mm. like, if a bassist is going for it, like, there's some thick strings to smash. What, what? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Well, um, well Ryan's quite, quite ripped as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he... Well, next time we'll talk about Ryan's work. Ryan has very much blossomed. That is yeah. what I shall put into this podcast. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but yeah, yeah. Just talking to, uh, to Zach as well about, I love how when I asked him, because sometimes when you ask people in bands what their favourite song or album that the, the, their band has done is that it can be quite difficult for them because they're proud of so many things. And obviously Zach is as well. But I loved it that he just went straight to Dear Maria. Like it yeah. feels like he has so much love for that song. Yeah, I feel as though that... How can you not? Well, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. But, yeah but it's, it's the same way, you know, like when like Brendan's sick of playing Sins yeah. after like so many years, they're like... He can be, he can be so honest about saying, yeah, like one of the songs which everyone knows about is, is our favourite. Mm. Like, yeah. and I think it's different when you listen to it loads compared to every night when you're playing it. Like, it's kind of the sign of a good song as well. That if after playing it every night for the past ten years, you still love it as much as when you wrote it, like 
there's there's got to be something in there like yeah it's it's there's a reason it's such a banger yeah and like his love for Green Day as well and I just because I mean I think there is a real comparison between the way Green Day have evolved and the way that All Time Low have as well mm. and uh, I think you know for the fact that he was he, he singled out Warning you know which uh, which is originally when it came out people weren't I mean it was a massively divisive record for that band um, so the fact that he kind of points that out and you know with time that album's really blossomed as well you know and like now it's, it's kind of how he approaches some of the things that they've done as a band I think that was really really cool as well I think it just kind of all these different things just kind of gave little little kind of um indicators into into Zach as a person you know yeah it's I mean it's what we've always said that like doing this it does show you a different side of that person like it it wouldn't work if we didn't learn something from this and like we've learned a lot (laughs) 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 I forgot what I was gonna say it is is nice to kind of hear you know from the quiet ones as Mm. you know you kind of put it but to just kind of you know the fact that he adores skateboarding and stuff like like little things like that that you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily know just by looking at him or kind of you kind of make guesses on what people in bands are going to be like and yeah. you can be so completely wrong so it is really cool to just kind of find out you know whether he is just working out yeah. all day or you know living the dream in <laughs> well, Hawaii as well, well like, yeah yeah I mean oof, I bet it's rubbish yeah. <laughs> it's rubbish working yeah. out in Hawaii all yeah. day no, I, I, found, I found the thing about skateboarding as well though that like the fact that he was he was having to squeeze in and stop himself from being told off yeah. for skateboarding yeah. so much on a tour which originates from skateboarding. <laughs> <laughs> like don't be doing that thing which we told you to do. <laughs> You're doing it too much. Like yeah. like there's enough skateboarding for today's act. Like go and stop showing off. Yeah. yeah. Go go and slap some strings. Yeah. <laughs> You show, you're showing up all the other ba- all these bands they've been trying to skateboard together and you just come in and do everything and yeah. make them look bad <laughs> that's a perfect place to end uh, yeah big shout out to Zach really really interested it's awesome to get to know him a little bit more awesome stuff so Jack hiya so we've got another question that we asked you and uh, you replied with some smashing answers that this week is what's the greatest length that you've gone to see a band? And that could mean either like distance, it could mean like the amount of like lies you had to tell to get out of school, which was usually my kind of go-to. Like, I to begin with, I remember one, remember the days when like you couldn't drive and you had to get your mum and dad to take you everywhere. And I always remember that for me, it was to go and see Elliot Minor. Do you remember the... <laughs> I, I remember yeah. Elliot Minor well. Yeah. Parallel um, worlds. They were playing in Lincoln, and it was like a military operation to go from, like, finishing school <laughs> to getting out of my school uniform <laughs> to finding a place to put that to then getting the train to Lincoln mm. to then getting picked up at the end, all for, like, something which you take for granted now. Where it's just yeah. Like, yeah. Like, it was full-on, like, planned weeks before, right, we drop a uniform off here, we put in this bush, like, oh, I'll leave me tie at school and I'll wake <laughs> up in the morning. Like, it was mad. And... But, but compared to that, like some people have gone. People get on planes. People have gone. Yeah. Not just trains. It's, it's I like. I'm the same. Like what? you know, I used to maybe bunk off college a little bit early. Sorry, mum, <laughs> to go to go and queue for Paramore down in Portsmouth, which mm. was two hours away. Um, but like that compared to some of these. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. like I d- I did that. I did the Wonder Years 
like 10 year anniversary tour which was to America um, but like even that that's just like seven hours some of these let's just let's <laughs> listen delve in. to this <laughs> so um, Shah Eat World she flew from England to Norway to see Architects and then to Sweden to see North Lane and Spain to see Twin Atlantic and she's also very familiar with the night bus from France to England to see a whole lot of bands does that bus go underwater? <laughs> How does a bus from I'm guessing it goes through the Channel Tunnel. Yeah, it goes, yeah. Okay, no worries. <laughs> just, just cruises on top of yeah. the water. Yeah. No. It's, like, it's like the Harry Potter bus. Yeah, yeah. but I, I was... And, yeah, and it, like, it takes like 20 minutes and you're, you're there. But I'm going to see. Yeah. Every day is a school day. Um, Zarkon's got A, flew from Finland to Tokyo to see Baby Metal live at the Tokyo Dome in 20... 16. The two back-to-back shows were absolutely amazing. They flew there again last September for their double shows at the SSA Arena in Tokyo, and he met lots of great people on those trips. I think that's one of the best things about, like, if, if, you're, if you're committed to doing trips like this, like, the people you will meet along the way. Well, like, I mean, good characters, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. like, it's, you hope you meet nice people yeah. as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, as well. <laughs> Amy underscore S-I-O underscore Knox, shout out you. Uh... Went all the way to America to see All Time Low. Big. Kaylee Celeste drove eight hours straight for Lincoln Park and 36 miles with AFI. Made it to Chicago, drove to Indiana to stay at a hotel, then drove seven hours back and took a final the next day. Legend. <laughs> uh, Bree Monster spent 26 hours on a plane and five hours on a train to go and see a band that certainly isn't embarrassing and certainly isn't Tokyo Hotel. 26 hours on a plane. <laughs> yeah. What? I mean, I like, I love bands, but <laughs> there's got to be somewhere closer. Um, I mean, I mean, like, it's, it's Tokyo Hotel. Well, like, yeah. like, I don't know what, I don't know why she's embarrassed about that. Like, <laughs> no. Sick no. band. <laughs> yeah. Shout out 2007. Yeah. Um, Monsoon, right? I th- that was the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah That yeah. was the one. That is a banger, yeah. Um, Clerby went New York to London to see Fallout Boy and... She's going to see them in Chicago in September. She also queued for 15 hours to see them in Brixton. And there what? you were, Jack, just swanning <laughs> in after work. Yeah. 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 I queued for two minutes. <laughs> um, Ubes 3 took a plane for the first time from Madagascar to Singapore. That's 4,000 miles, sports fans, to see the legendary 1OK Rock last January. Hella worth it. Checked more than one box on the bucket list for that. They were breathtaking. I mean, like... The commitment on some of you guys this is, is yeah. insane. This is eye-opening, yeah. And then, I mean, like, share this trip with all is the <laughs> Pixel Must Die, invented time travel, went back to Warped oh, 2004 and stalked my chem the entire time. Sure. <laughs> I mean, okay. I, I, I feel as though, right... I don't think that actually happens. Like, um, just so you know, um, yeah, legends. Um, you're all heroes. Will sick. Yeah, um, this episode's a bit mental, isn't it? Um, right, new issue. We got one week left on the nothing nowhere issue that is currently on sale at shop.rotsand.tv. Um, yeah, the Reaper bundle still available. Um, if you want to check that out, absolutely amazing limited edition cover, exclusive hand signed print, enamel pin, premium patch. Final stickers, limited edition art prints, absolutely amazing. Free worldwide shipping. 
Obviously, over the past few weeks, we've chatted loads about Nothing Nowhere uh, and how it's been amazing to, to launch his first ever magazine cover. So, uh, yeah, one week left until we launch our brand new issue, but um, it's been absolutely incredible to be a part of. And, uh, yeah, shop.rotsound.tv if you still want to get involved. Absolutely brilliant stuff. It also includes a slam dunk poster special featuring state champs and good Charlotte and Knuckle in Paris and so many more. Um, shots of Paramore of Fallout Boys, recent London shows, all sorts of stuff. Really, really brilliant. Shop.rotsound.tv. Uh, Spotify playlist as well. Um, updated rock sound chart who's number one at the moment still black art by nothing nowhere yes it is yeah awesome stuff um, Scuzz TV show is also on daily on Scuzz if you want to check out all the new tunes by the bands in the magazine uh, and as we always say as well loads going on our website rocksound.tv so get involved with that interview two so Mallory Knox so shock news this week that uh, Mikey Chapman has left the band um, kind of like came out of nowhere I mean Mallory have uh, you know been quiet as of recently and obviously we know the reasons now uh, and as you're going to hear with Sam in a second but like um, yeah pretty shocking I think um, so you know uh, news came out Wednesday morning um, got on the phone with Sam straight away and uh, he opened up about literally everything what's been going on for the past six months um, new music that's coming and everything about Mikey's departure really really surprising um, um, honest stuff here we go Sam Douglas stepping up as frontman in Mallory Knox and Michael Chapman's departure when did the decision kind of come about like when did what sort of is it what in time frame like when did this sort of start to sort of uh, take place I think um, just after we recorded Wired so it would have been around April last year Mikey kind of you know come to us with a conversation at rehearsal one day saying that he just didn't you know feel as good about things as he potentially used to. I don't want to go into the detail of his full reasoning because, you know, some things are better left kept between, like, you know, as friends as we were. So it wasn't until we got to, like, the... We did two European tours, of Venice, uh, one with Venice Shikari and then Simple Plan, and there was a month between the two. And in that, he started... We said that we'd have a meeting in between those because Mikey basically said that he was going to have four or five months back in April that you know, just to basically keep going at it and see how he was. And then we'd reconvene in four or five months' time. So we were always aware something wasn't, he wasn't, you know, as happy as he could be. Mm-hmm. And then when it got to, after the Shikari tour, he was, I thought, a lot more positive. Um, so I kind of put it to the back of my mind. Like, I, I thought, well, he's gone through that now. He's all right. Like, I've been in a, I was in a band with him for fucking nine years. I can tell when he's feeling good and when he's not. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh so I kind of did the Shikari tour thinking, you know what, we're going to be all right. And then two days before the Simple Plan tour, I think it was James or Joe, one someone brought it up saying, look, we haven't got an answer out of Mike yet. We don't want to keep like kind of hanging 50-50. So we organized a meeting, which was down the local pub in Ely. Um, and this was like a couple of days before the Simple Plan tour. And this is where he said that he was, uh, he was going to be properly leaving the band at the end of this tour, of, of, the, of the end of the album campaign for Wired so and I remember being pretty blown away by that like because as I said like I'd convinced myself almost that he was staying because he hadn't said anything for four or five months even though I was aware but as I said he just seemed a lot better in himself but obviously he still had the same reasons for wanting to go so that was really the timeline of it so since he uh, said that he wanted to go before the Simple Plan so we were like well we, that, that's that's the thing. That's where it all gets funny, like because I can't really remember what happened. Like the last six months of like I could I could carry on talking, you know what I mean. But, so I kind of like 
let you say something because I realise I've just spoke for like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all, not at all, man. I mean, no, I mean, I mean, I'm really sorry to hear it. I mean, like, did it? Did it so even though, obviously, like you say, there there were those sort of initial, um, you know, he was struggling a bit earlier on. I mean, it, it was still a real shock then because it, it seemed like things were going to straighten out. Only because I'd convinced myself that it was going to be all right. If you if you were to speak to Joe or James, they always kind of felt that he was going to be leaving, so they were they kind of took it in their stride when he told us. But that was a thing, like, I think with Joe and James, because they knew it was coming, they were ready to, like, crack on straight away, like, fucking start writing songs just to see what was happening. Because whereas for me, it took me a good couple of weeks to kind of get my head around it, where I had to think about, is this something I want to carry on doing? Because, you know, that's a complete fucking game changer. And so I kind of had to go from there. And, and think about what I wanted to do. But after a couple of weeks of thinking about it, you know what? I, I didn't really want to have to stop, if you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's in terms of like knowing, that's that's when. Like it was all through basically the whole of last year. It was just a complete fucking, you know, it was just mental, really. Yeah. I mean, was that, was that hard to have to go through as well? Yeah, just because I remember when we, I mean, there's just so much uncertainty at that point. Like after Mikey, when Mikey obviously made his decision that music wasn't the path we wanted to take anymore, it, we then kind of, we were at a crossroads and um, Mikey, giving him his credit, said that he would stick out for the remainder of the album campaign. He didn't want to just leave us in the lurch, you know, and that's, you know, he's not, he, that's the kind of person he is, that like he still cares about us as people. And, you know, as do I him, even though we haven't spoke for a while. It's just because you've got to let the dust settle, I guess, you know. Um, but uh, he, uh, what was I saying? Sorry. Yeah, so we were at a crossroads, and I remember being in Paris on the Simple Plan tour, and our management came out and wanted to have a word, just, you know, come out on the show, see how we were going, and then talk about plans for the next record. I remember at that point looking at the rest of the guys going, I can't fucking sit here and listen to him talk 15, 20 minutes about all these exciting new plans they've got. And I, cause I feel like I was lying to him. Mm. So, um, I kind of text the guys under the table, Mikey included saying like, I can't, I'm going to have to tell them. Yeah. So we, we always had a plan to tell our management at the end of the tour, but we were kind of pushed into it that way. And I just remember, you know, that was a really weird five minutes, you know, um, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. As I say, man, it, it sounds really, really bloody difficult. I, I, I mean, um, how's the recovery process been since then, you know, cause obviously you say that, you know, guys have kind of had a bit of time away. Uh, and I know obviously the four of you have been doing a lot behind the scenes and I mean, how's that process been? Is it, has it been, you know, saying it's been a, been a really weird time. I mean, has it, has, has it been, um, has it been positive as well in that, you know, you've been putting new music down and, and kind of rebuilding, I guess as well. Yeah, like we've, as I say, once we were kind of certain that Mikey was going and we spoke to management, they kind of made it clear that they still like backed us. You know, the one worry was like when you lose your singer in your face, like of course you fucking doubt if you can still carry on. I don't think we'd be lying if like any four of us like didn't have that thought for a day or two, you know? Um, yeah. But when management said, I fucking got to get behind you, get, some, get writing some tunes. That's what we did, like, it was never a go, right, Sam's singing, we're going to write songs as four-piece. That wasn't it. We just said, like, we're going to fucking write some songs, see how they sound, and go from there. And that's what we've done. The whole rebuilding process was we, we've been writing songs since fucking July, July time, August time, as a four-piece. And then it wasn't really until October, November that 
because I got people kept mentioning you you should sing it you should sing it and I never wanted to do that I didn't I was really happy with my role in the band of being kind of in the back like you know singing my little parts and focusing on songwriting and I never once anticipated having to be the front guy I don't, I've never wanted that and, and to be honest I mean I don't it is what it is now that's how it's going to be because you know we, this is the thing like I've had so long to think about it and everything's been so good behind the scenes the last five or six months because we really believe in what we're crafting and but when you announce it like today and people come at it at a fresh angle it kind of puts you back in to that really raw emotional state again if that makes sense you yeah. know like seeing all these comments like fans are like you know crying and there's some people going you guys are still going to be great and then there's some people saying you know fucking Mikey was the face he was the voice which is which he, which he was you know yeah. but I know these new tunes I know what they sound like they haven't heard them yet so it's one of them things like people going does Sam be good I saw someone today say Sam like uh, Sam can't do it live it's not going to work and I would say I agree sometimes I couldn't sing live, but because that's why I was, I was going fucking mental. I was jumping around. I was spinning around. I was running from side to side. My role now changes. I, I was doing so much energetical stuff live that like, energetical, that's not even a fucking word, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I was doing so much, I was doing so much stuff like live, bouncing around, interacting, jumping around like that. I almost forgot it was my turn to sing. So by the time I came to sing, I was out of breath and I could barely do it. Now I've got to be more composed. Like people don't know if I'm going to be able to do this live. I know what I sound like in a rehearsal room. Do you know what I mean? So mm. I'm going to have to change my role completely and I'm, I'm willing to adapt to that. But it just makes, it, it gives you that little bit of, not, not anger, that's not the right word, but when you see comments like that again, you're literally judging me on what I used to do and my role is so different now. Do you know what I mean? But I that's mean, only one comment, but there's some comments that just stick at you a little bit more than others. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, man, for sure. I, I mean, I mean, is it is that quite? Does that give you a bit of fire as well to kind of prove these people wrong as well? Because I mean, you look at like a band like Death of Vanna, you know, when Jamesy had to step up in a similar situation mm. uh, and has done so well from then. You know, does that give you a real fire in that? And literally, cause, like, you can prove these people wrong. Well, I went to the Don Broco <laughs> show in London last week, and Jamesy was there. And I had a long chat with him about all this because obviously I knew that this happened to him a few years ago. But the difference was he was basically taking up a full-time role. He, he was the singer anyway. I mean, they had Ryan who was a screamer, right? So yeah. I'm, I am filling into a, a singer's like position. But, you know, yeah, I'm definitely going to be taking pointers of stuff like James in that, you know, because he's been there, he's done it. He, I don't, I mean, I hope he doesn't mind me saying, I don't, he said to me, like, sometimes it's really hard for him to feel comfortable being a front man. And I'm sure it's going to be the same for me. I wasn't built this way, like... But I'm going to give it a fucking good go, man, because I believe in what we're doing and I enjoy singing these songs that we're writing now. And we've played through some of the old stuff. And yeah, it's never going to be the same because I don't have the same voice as Mikey, but it's still the same musicians. It's still the same band. It's just a different voice. But the songs that we're playing from our back catalogue still sound, I still I still think they sound good. Like, yeah, some people are going to miss Mikey's voice and stuff, but... These new songs, as we go throughout the year, and the more we write and the more we release, so we can start integrating these new songs in, and hopefully, Mallory Knox will take on a whole new identity in itself. You know? Yeah, definitely. No, I mean, I, I can't wait to hear them, and I, I mean, as well, you know, is it the songs themselves, these new tunes, that kind of really motivated you to carry on beyond this? I mean, like, was there ever a point where you were like, oh, you know, like, is, is, can we can we face going on? Was there ever a point where it got like that, or were you just like, no, we are we are absolutely doing this? No, I definitely had a few weeks where I was like, I can't do this. I definitely had a few weeks. Like, 
I think Joe, James, and Dave have always been like, "Fuck it, let's go." But I definitely had my doubts. Like, I, and but it, once you start writing, though, because I always say, like, I don't always say, I've said it once because I've only done one interview. Prior to this. <laughs> I said, <laughs> I said, um, I can't think of anything more heartbreaking for me than writing songs that I fucking love and being lucky enough for nine years to put them out on a platform for people to hear that then I'm still writing songs for the next however many years and no one's ever going to hear them and I think they're the best thing I've ever done. Mm. So that really was my inspiration to carry on because once I started hearing what we were coming out with, uh, it was just like, wouldn't it be a fucking shame if no one ever hears this? Like, it's really good and it's not the same. You're not going to get Shout at the Moon Lighthouse Part 2 but no one wants to hear that song anyway again like we've done it. Like, that's the thing. When you get in the mindset of going, these songs are like their own entity. It's just, we are going, we, and why isn't it, you know, we just wanted, we knew, we never had a discussion about starting a brand new band. Like, there's no way we've built up nine years of hard work. Why should we have to stop it? It's our decision. Like, I know, I know people like obviously were attached to Mikey and stuff, but you know, this is our band as well. And we were just, we were always like, we loved, we're still proud and loved the songs that we had. And once you got past them little barriers, as I say, it was only a couple of weeks, then it really felt like a no brainer to just carry on. Definitely. Yeah, no, that's awesome to hear. And I mean, as well, you know, with the new stuff that you've got down, I mean, is it, is it you're saying, you know, it's, it's, it is a kind of, it's a new sound. I mean, how, how different is it going to be? Is it going to be almost like a restart in a, in a, in a, in a sort of way in, in terms of the sound? I guess so. I, I think, I think with Wired we started to show that progression anyway. Like those songs on that record, we wouldn't have written on Asymmetry and Signals, for example. But there was always still little subtle hints to what we'd done before. But I guess like Mikey's voice was one of them things that kind of kept it all together. So this way, it's me singing now. That makes it fucking fifty percent different anyway. Mm. Um, but these songs, yeah, like the, with Wired, I, I feel like we were a confused band because we didn't really have a point to anything. We were just writing songs that sounded great and then we shoved them on a record and that's fine. But this time round, we want the record to sound like an, a record, if that makes sense. We don't want the songs to sound like it could be on two different records. We want this album to be the first Mallory Knox album that has a point to it. We know what we want to write and we're going to do it because we've written songs this time around that we think are amazing, but it doesn't fit into what we're doing. And we've put them like on the, like, you know, we've, we've tossed them away and we've never done that before. Like with wide, for example, we had uh, stuff like better off without you. And then a song like for you, I love both those songs, but on a record, it feels like they don't work and that's something we wanted to like we want to avoid this time so even though there's songs as i said that we love we're so focused on going in for a certain sound and i think that's made us more focused therefore we do have a certain sound this time around which i think is exciting because we've never thought like that before Definitely, no, that is really exciting. I, I mean, like, taking Wired as well, I mean, especially, like, when compared to this new stuff, I mean, how do you feel about the album now, as, especially as, like, the kind of last piece that you did as the original incarnation of the band? Like, is it, are you still proud of it, or is it something that, like, say, with these new songs, you do want to, you are kind of happy that you're being able to to make these kind of, uh, these changes, essentially? I remember, 
I'm proud of Wired, but I do look back on that record with some form of regret. But that's only from a personal perspective. It's not on. A, it's not a Mallory Knotts thing. It's just for me as a songwriter. And I know if I can't put my hand on my heart and say that I tried my best with that record. I think I was complacent and I was almost lazy with my writing. Instead of finishing a song, I'd stop at first verse, and if I couldn't find a chorus within a day. I wouldn't bother and we'd have to figure out a band practice. You know, it's just my mentality was, 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 was all wrong. I wasn't feeling very happy within myself on that record. You know, I had um, anxiety issues and stuff, which I, still, which I still have now. But the thing is, having lived with that for years, you, you find a way to control it and stuff. So that, that aside, Wired was a real learning curve for me personally and professionally. Um, there's some of our best songs on that record. Um, Savior, uh, Wired for me is one of our best, but yeah, it's it almost sounds like an incomplete record, and that has made me even more hungry to make sure that that doesn't happen again for New Mallory. Amazing. Make sure that I don't look back on what we're doing now with any form of regret, especially taking in the situation with Mikey leaving. So add that all together. Yeah, the drive and the, the hunger is really real because we can't predict what's going to happen for the next two years. Is, you know, but you, you can't. Like, today proves that we're seeing what everyone has to say. Um, all we can do is just write the best fucking songs we can, and we have, and then it's out of our hands. And I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah, no, 100%, man. I, I, I mean, because, yeah, because I, I mean, I noticed, you know, with all the announcements today and everything as well, you know, you tweeted that, you know, you're not quite ready to stop yet, you know. And I mean, by, by that, do you, is that what you mean in the sense that you just cannot predict this stuff, especially in this industry where everything is so, you know, from every angle, everything is so, you know, fast moving. Right. And yeah, like, yeah. It's fucking horrible, man. <laughs> like, people on the internet, like, it, it, honestly, it's. It, like people who have opinions about stuff they don't even fucking know about and they say something just for the sake of getting a couple of retweets that's my fucking tree in. like <laughs> just does but I mean and that that sends me around the twist like that was half the reason that I fucking that's half the reason I fucking hated being in a band at one point because it's like you don't know what you're talking about you're slagging sauce and it's, it's fine have your opinion but it's just like you don't know but I guess that's part and parcel of being in the position we're in so I have to accept that um but yeah, I mean, as I said, I sat with well, the announcement was at 9am this morning and I sat there for an hour and I was just kind of shell-shocked because you've had six months to take, I've had six months to take this information in. And within a whole two minutes of us announcing everything and seeing the reaction, because it's been so quiet for us, we've basically had a blackout on the internet mm. and blackout in the shows, you haven't done anything. And within two minutes, it just floored me. And I was just sitting there going, I have no idea what to say now. Because it made it all very emotional and raw again and you forget that even though you've known for six months, this is brand new information for people and some of them are sad. No one's, I don't think anyone's happy. And the only thing people that are happy about is that we haven't, like there's, there's a lot of people saying that they're happy that we haven't decided to quit completely. You know, mm. this isn't a choice that we wanted. We never wanted Mikey to leave. I never wanted Mikey to leave. I toured, I toured with that guy for, I didn't just tour with him. Like I lived with him at times. Like I, 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 I traveled the world with him. I didn't want him to leave. I've told him that. Um, but when someone wants to do something, how do you, you can't trap them. You have to let them go. Even you try and explain to him how it can be different, but it's shit. Here's what it is. It's not what we wanted, but this is the cards we were dealt with. And we're just going to fucking 
do the best that we can with what we've got. That's that's literally all I can say, you know. Yeah, man. No, no, no. It's, um, sorry to hear it, but that sounds awesome. I mean, especially with the new stuff coming. Uh, I, I mean, you know, have uh, you mentioned that you know you're letting the dust settle and everything? I mean, have have you spoken to Mike? Has he like heard any of the new material, or are you guys just spending a bit of time apart for the time being? The first. Obviously, he told us last summer, and we had to we had to still do some shows. We did Redden and Leeds. We did a show in Manchester, you know. So, even though we knew it was a permanent thing, mm. we still had to tour and play shows together. So, yeah, we were talking. Then, when it got to the you know the bullshit part that no one wants to do, which is you know figures and sums that need to be sorted out, contracts need to be signed, all the bullshit part it gets a bit. It's just not nice, is it? Yeah. So. You take that. I've 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 saw Mikey in I think December out in Ely just at the pub, and yeah, we were fine. But no, I'd be lying if I said I haven't spoke to him properly in about three months because we just haven't. But I think we just that doesn't mean we're not mates. Like fingers with Mikey, like he is the thing that's made it clear today. Like I thought I felt certain ways about it, but when you look back and you see the reactions that you've had on people. We created that together and we experienced all of this shit together. And no matter what happens, we always have that. And I will only ever, I guess, love him for that. Mm. And there will be a time, I have no doubt, when me and Mikey see each other again in Ely because it's a fucking tiny place. And, but it is what it is now. Mallory Knox was our common ground. You take that away. He has, we are very different people at the same time. He has interests that he wants to pursue. I have interests out that I want to pursue, Mallory being one of them. And I guess we're just going to go our own ways for a bit, but that, does, I, that doesn't mean that I think badly of him. Yes, I was frustrated. Who wouldn't be? Like, you, you, you're living the dream with him, you know, and he was as well. I can't hate him for not wanting to do it because I don't, but, and I can't blame him for wanting to do something else. That's his decision, but that doesn't mean I couldn't not be frustrated by it, you know? It's just, it's just a w- really weird thing. And I'm rambling. It's probably a bad thing. <laughs> no, man. No, I totally understand what you're saying. I, I, I mean, I, I guess, like, to finish up, like, so just in terms of the new music coming after everything you've, you've told me today, and I mean, I mean, you're just going to see how things go then, you know, like, you're really proud of these new songs, and it's just all about seeing how, how the year goes. You've got the tour coming up, and, and just see how it goes, basically. Yeah, man. Like, I don't know how much I'm allowed to say, but we've got a new music coming very fucking soon. Cool soon that was a priority we didn't want to let this just linger you know what i mean and then give everyone this shit news and then not do anything for a couple of months you know we planned this we've we knew it was going to be bumpy let people digest it and then kind of hit them with something hopefully that they really enjoy soon um but yeah it's basically we've got this tour booked in april we've got some festivals coming up and be announced i know our booking agents working hard behind the scenes to try and fill our summer festival calendar We'll have to see what happens there and we're just going to go at it mate and it's literally just it's almost like starting again when we were with, with Asymmetry and Wide you know we were signed to a record deal with Sony and you have a plan laid out almost for the next four years album here album there single here tour here this time clean slate and that's how it is like I can't tell you where Mallory will be this time next year but that's terrifying slash exciting so we just got to go with it and that's what we're going to do we're just going to carry on writing as much as we can um, from now we have been anyway we haven't stopped writing since as I say September last year kind of and that's us man that's, that's, that's all we can do so hopefully 
it will have a happy ending in the end. Jack, I'm going to throw this out to you first. What do you think? Um, interesting is my diagnosis. Um, I couldn't think of that word for a minute because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a doctor. Um, but um, yeah, it's it seemed really because it was a shock. Like more than anything, when it pops up, it popped up at nine o'clock, on, like in the morning, and it's like, oh, Sam's singing now. Mikey's gone. Um, we've we've announced some tour dates. Like here you go, and you kind of go what? But when you hear Sam talking, it sounds like it's not been an easy time for the bands. Um, he sounds quite uncertain about a lot of things and he sounds a bit worried and scared because I don't think they were expecting to be in this position in 2018. Like, Wired came out last year, like, they just, like, um, kicked off, like, another new kind of chapter with uh, the release of Sugar and the singles last summer. Um, and everything was, like, moving along, like, it was really exciting for the band and now this is another shift. Um, so... There's the uncertainty, but also the big one as well is like which question on it's like the stepping up because it's like <coughs> before like because you compare into like um, Death of Anna and there's We Are the Ocean of course like two bands who both lost a singer but then like still thrived within the scene and in a lot of cases like grew in stature um, but this is like. This is Sam stepping up as like a solo vocalist. Like, it's a big challenge, but I you can hear when you asked him that. Like, there's a real determination. Mm, like, yeah. he wants to prove people wrong. Like, it must be so hard reading like comments as well when you've made a decision like this and like sitting there scrolling through people, not knowing, not filtering their opinions, like just saying whatever's on the mind there, and you're just sat there going, "Well, we're trying." And I feel as that like he's really. There was a fire there, like there's a there's a certain determination which it kind of shifted in that chat. Like suddenly it was like, yeah, like we're gonna do this. We're gonna like fight through whatever we have to now, and we're gonna prove all these people wrong. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think there was a real shift, you know, because I think, like he said, it was um, he's had all this time to take it in and kind of digest it, and uh, and now you know it's kind of opened up and it's quite raw again by the uh, the, the news actually being officially announced um, so I think I think but you think you're right I think by the sort of end of the chat he was like you say kind of I'm going to prove these people wrong and comment on the internet you know I'm really really proud of these new songs that we've written there's the other thing as well which is really interesting that he said that he said he understood like people like devotion to Mikey because like he's been a figurehead he's been someone who like he's been the voice of the band for so long mm. but he just went this is our band as well yeah. which I think is such like you don't hear that sort of thing where it's just like it's a band to of going no this, this is ours as well like it's not this isn't the end of the band like we're still passionate about this we've still got that drive we're still writing music we're we're producing some of the stuff we're proudest of yeah like we've done this and we're carrying on like don't mourn like this little part of our history now like there's so much more that we're offering and that we've been a part of this journey as well. Like it's, it's kind of like in going, like there's, there's a real bite to that. Like it's, you, you don't hear bands really speaking up in that way, like, like Sam did there. Yeah, definitely. Which is really, really cool. I, th I think Tamsin, you know Sam personally, right? 
I've interviewed him a few times and like, I know Savins from the band. So, like, we've uh, hung right. out a bit and they're, they're all really nice guys. They they are genuine, lovely guys. Um, I, th- I think everyone was shocked when they saw the news this morning because it's, you know, like ba- bands take their quiet time out but you just kind of presume they're recording or... You assume everything's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, you know, you never really know what is going on and having, you know, he said he's been in a band with Mikey for nine years. That's a long time to spend like almost every day with the same people trying to fulfill this dream that you, you're also attached to. And like, I, I, I'm... You know, Sam didn't want to go into too much either, but I'm sure we, sure we can all like understand Mikey's reasons for leaving and like fair play to him to also f- for being like, for take, quite, it's quite a brave decision to be like, I'm going to have to go. Otherwise, if things could have just gotten worse and worse and worse yeah. and, you know, it could have, you know, th- they wouldn't be friends and it it's a really, really big decision for Mikey to make. So fair play to him for, you know, for doing it and, I know. I know. Sam. Sam seemed, he's quite nervous about becoming a frontman. Like it's not what he was really put there to do. But you know, um, he's definitely going to give it his best shot. And I think that's all we can ask of him. And I'm sorry. I'm going to have a little bit of a rant. But I thought I, going on from all the comments about you know um, seeing what people have been writing on the internet, and you know he picked out that one particular comment where someone was like, "Sam can't do it live," and it's like. I, I understand that people are going to have their opinions, people are going to be shocked, and they're going to be surprised by the fact that Mikey's decided to leave. But you are not a fan of that band if you are freely commenting things, such negative things, because you've got to remember that, like, the bands are people and they're human. Sam, as he has mentioned, suffers quite badly from anxiety issues. That was a big thing in with the Wired record. Um, and that he's he said you know it's all still quite emotional it's all quite raw and going online and seeing comments like sam's not going to be able to do it sam's not going to be able to step up it's not going to be the same without mikey they're not going to go anywhere without mikey like it must be it's so hard for them already mm. to do it and i like fair play to have your opinions but sometimes you just need to shut up <laughs> like <laughs> yeah it, and 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 it, this stems to like much further than Mario Knox, you know, with even just like going into bloggers and stuff like that. I know so many people that are just like they get backhanded compliments where it's like, oh, I really like um, how you did this, but how you've done this, no, it's not very good. You shouldn't do that. And it's just like, give the guys a break. Yeah. Like, and as he said, they haven't heard the we haven't heard the new music. We don't know how they're going to perform live together. They're going to be working so hard to make this band. Um, you know, you know, stick together and, and yeah. yeah, and to work and to give the fans, give back to the fans that have stuck by them like f- for the past ten years. So if you're sat there going, oh well, because Mikey's not in it anymore, <laughs> I don't think Sam's going to do very well. And it's just like, who are, who are you? <laughs> who are you? Sit down, shut up, and wait for like cast your opinions maybe when you have seen them live when you have heard the music and be like oh you know I did prefer it with Mikey this isn't really my thing what they're doing now but fair play for them for trying that's the the thought process I feel like fans of bands should have and it really frustrates me when I see people being like oh it's going to be shit because so and so's left no it's not be respectful I mean, yeah. yeah you know I, if I, you I, haven't got anything nice to say don't say it well, at all yeah, yeah I didn't I couldn't tell it annoyed you so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's off my 
chest now, yeah. but like just like you know, listening to that interview, Sam was so emotional about it throughout, and they've clearly had a really difficult time with all of this, mm. and you know. <laughs> They they haven't lost a friend, but they they've lo- they've lost that closeness with a person they've spent ten years of their life mm. with. Like, it's it's just like being in a relationship. Like they're yeah, going to be really yeah. There's going to be a lot of emotion there, and I just feel like people need to kind of respect that more. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, Jack, do you agree? Yeah, straight up. I've just I mean like I'm just saying it's good luck to the lads. Like okay. they'll um, I know whatever is going to happen that they're going to push through to like the absolute limit of what they can like until it if it if it's not going right for them like within a year like I'm sure they'll find out what to do it could be another five years could be ten years we don't know and that's the exciting thing about it as well like it's a new beginning new chapter new era as the kids say (laughs) so yeah good luck yeah, absolutely. And we can't wait to hear the, uh, the new tunes as well. So as you say, you know, Sam saying they're coming very, very soon. We don't know when, but um, yeah, fingers crossed they're going to be banging because I'm sure they're going to be total bangers. So yeah, big shout out to Mallory Knox and Sam and uh, we wish them the absolute best of luck with everything going forward. So uh, we're coming to an end. Follow us on SoundCloud. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, just a reminder that uh, we are launching our brand new issue a week today, but our Nothing Nowhere cover is uh, very much on sale at shop.rocksound.tv and the Reaper bundle is still available. So if you're into, uh, you know, obviously we've had an amazing month of everything to do with Nothing Nowhere. Joe, you know, been absolutely insane. So if you want to get involved with that still, uh, get involved shop.rocksound.tv. And uh, yeah, as I say, Black Heart is uh, number one in the Rocksound chart at the moment. Loads and loads of ways to get involved with Joe and what he's doing um, also being announced for Reading and Leeds this week so yeah amazing stuff so that's available shop.rocksound.tv um, and check us out on our website rocksound.tv follow us on Facebook Twitter Instagram all that stuff and uh, yeah it's been good uh, you guys enjoyed it it's been emotional it's been nice to be back yeah yes yeah. and it's, I didn't I didn't cough or throw up which is nice not, not a, a little cough, bit yeah, yeah. cough or yeah. throw up <laughs> yeah. oh gang's back yeah <laughs> it has been quite it's been quite quite off the wall and emotional at the same yeah. time the best the best way to live our lives <laughs> I mean, like, that's, mate, that's like my tinder bite <laughs> <laughs> <Bloody hell. laughs> and on that note it has been fun uh, we will see I don't know what to say anymore we'll, uh, we'll see, see you see, next week see you next week love yeah. you bye bye <laughs>